All right, gentlemen. We're going to be learning a section in Tefilat Shahrit in Yotzer that we say every day of the year. You might be wondering why before Rosh Hashanah we would spend a few minutes learning a part of the Shahrit that we say every day of the year. Not unique to Rosh Hashanah. But I think that after learning some of the details here in this tefillah, we'll understand very well why this very much has to do with Rosh Hashanah. On Rosh Hashanah, the theme of the day is Malchiot. Malchiot means crowning Hashem as the king. That is really the theme of Rosh Hashanah. Now, let's be honest with each other. Hashem doesn't need us to crown Him. Don't think for a minute that the Creator is waiting for you to crown Him. Because without you, then He's not a king. It obviously doesn't mean that. You know that. Hashem is the Melech. He is the Creator. He's all of that. When we say that we're crowning Hashem, for example, when we say Hashem Melech, Hashem is the King, it's not so much that we are declaring Him the King. Of course He's the King. When you say Hashem Melech, it means that you recognize He's the King and therefore, because you recognize he's the king as a proof that you recognize it, so you become his evid, you become his servant. If you are not committing to be the servant of Hashem, then you saying Hashem Melech is either meaningless or it's a lie. You're fooling yourself. You're not maybe lying on purpose. But sometimes in life we fool ourselves. We lie to ourselves. So a person can be proclaiming every day, maybe more than once, on Rosh Hashanah many times, that Hashem is the Melech. And if you ask him, hey, you believe what you say? So of course. Is there a question? Hashem is the king. What's the question? A person will feel to himself that he is fully honest. Of course, he's the Melech. When I say Hashem Melech, I'm not lying. I believe it. Hashem is the king. And I'm telling you, sitting here together, that a human is capable of fooling himself. Fooling others for sure, that we're very aware of. But we're actually very good at fooling ourselves. Even better than fooling others. When you fool others, a lot of times we're not so uh, polished. It, uh, it doesn't come out right. People could feel. But when you fool yourself, that is, we are experts. We are tremendous in this area. You could be living a lie your whole life and you don't even know it. You have to know that. That fooling ourselves is one of the great talents that we have. 
So a person can say, Hashem Melech, Hashem is the king, and really, Be'emet, does not believe it. He says he believes it. He talks about it. He might even give classes about it. But he doesn't really believe it. He's fooling himself. Simple reason. If Hashem is the Melech HaOlam, if Hashem is really the king of the world, and he's your king, then automatically it means that you are his servant. That's what a king is. A king is someone who tells you what to do, what not to do. And if you are his Evid, then you will follow his instructions. So therefore, when we say Hashem Melech, we're not coming to crown him. We're coming to commit ourselves to be his Evid. So Hashem Melech means that I am committed to be your servant. Because if I'm not committed to be your servant, then I don't really believe you're the Melech. Simple, simple English. Good. That is the theme of Rosh Hashanah. The theme of Rosh Hashanah is that a person is coming into the new year. Hashem is giving out a bounty of great gifts, lives, parnasah, health. A lot of great things are given out on Rosh Hashanah. And what is it dependent on? It all depends on how much of an Eved Hashem you are. That's the only judgment on Rosh Hashanah. That's what we read yesterday. That a person is judged according to his actions of that moment. Which means, on Rosh Hashanah, the question is, how big of an Eved Hashem you are? Are you ready to take your life and make it rich? Hashem will make you rich if you're ready to make your life rich. But if you choose to make your life poor, very poor in your spiritual accomplishments, and you're making life very meaningless, if you're spending your time doing meaningless things, or God forbid involved in bad things as well, then you're not committing to be an Eved Hashem. And therefore, that's reason not to have the great blessings of the coming year. Now, why am I reading with you this section of Tidbarach? Because there is something that you all have to be aware of. It's something that maybe on our own we would have thought is not so. But when you read every morning this part of the tefillah, you're reminded again that it is so. We talk about this section, Titbarach. It's basically talking about how the angels come to serve God. Angels have their avodat Hashem. Angels are very, very beautiful, like it says in this tefillah. 
Kulam Ahuvim. They are all Ahuv. They're beloved. Kulam Berurim. They are clear. Barur. Kulam Giborim. They're all powerful. Of course, all these are spiritual, not powerful physically. Powerful means they're powerful spiritually. Kulam Kedoshim. They're all holy, separate, unique, beautiful. Good. These are attributes that we only wish to achieve. It's not exactly. We're not credited. We don't give them credit for this. They were created this way. But we're just stating the truth. The reality is, this is who they are. They're beloved. They're clear on their mission. They're powerful in their ability to fulfill that mission. They're holy. Beautiful things. Now, what are they coming to do? They come, like it says, umamlichin. They come to crown, they come to crown the Creator. Which means, they come in front of Hashem to express to Him that they are Eved Hashem. Angels serve God too. They express it in their behavior and in their actions. So that means angels also serve God. They have their own service. Just like all angels. Angels are servants of God. Again, it's not to their credit per se. Because they don't have really free choice. So we're not coming to praise them. We're just coming to state the reality of how angels serve God. So they come and they come to commit themselves. They're always recommitting themselves to serving the Creator. Angels, they keep having a greater understanding of the, you know, the, the Creator's endless. When they say Kadosh, 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 talking about Hashem, that He's awesome, He's like so separate. He's so great. They say it how many times? Kadosh, Kadosh. They don't stop. Because every time they see Hashem, they realize, oh wow, it's more. Oh, 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 it's more. So every time it's Kadosh. Oh, oh, Kadosh. More Kadosh. More Kadosh. We stop after three because we got to get to work. But at the end of the day, the angels don't stop. They just keep going. Kadosh, 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 Kadosh. Which means they constantly becoming more aware of the greatness of Hashem. There's no end to His greatness. Good. So now, as they see His greatness, they recommit themselves. Mamlichin. You know, when you crown someone and then you realize he's even greater than you thought, crown him again. And then you realize he's greater than you thought, you crown him again. They keep recommitting themselves when they realize who they're dealing with. Okay. Good. Let's see how, so how do they do it? So I would think the way to do it, very simple. Let's say right now I wanted, let's talk at my level. 
I wanted to commit myself to Hashem. I said, Borei Olam, listen, I am committed to be your Evan. I'm committed to be your servant. I'm ready to go. Tell me what I have to do. Opportunities you send my way, I'm doing it. Send me, send me somebody who needs my help. If I can do it, I'm going to do it. Give me an opportunity to learn, I'm going to learn. Give me an opportunity to teach, I'm going to teach. Give me the opportunity to respect my parents, to do something for my mother, for my father, I'm going to do it. Committed. That's a commitment. A commitment is a person who says, I am ready. I am ready for the next call. Ready to do the right thing. Good. That's how I would crown God. By crowning him, I'm saying, I am committed to your service. Just tell me what to do. You're my melech. You're my king. Good. That's how I would do it. But here, there's a whole different story. It says, how do they come to crown God? How do they make this commitment? Ubekulam. Mekabelim alehem. How do they accept upon themselves all malchut shamayim? What's all malchut shamayim? What does the word all mean? Malchut shamayim is Hashem as the king. What's all? Yoke. What is yoke? Yoke is it's the heavy item they put on an ox, right? To to move him, good. A person wants to take upon himself all the yoke. I want to put on my back the yoke, the responsibility of being a servant of Hashem. Now, before we go on, I want to make sure you understand. Don't get missed. Don't get confused by this. A person reads this, thinks... That being an Eved Hashem is a heavy box on his shoulder. That's what it sounds like. Because they are about to accept upon themselves the heavy avodah of being a servant of Hashem. But you should know this is not true. Avodah Hashem is not heavy at all. Avodah Hashem is actually very sweet and very pleasant and very light just like when a person goes in the water and he doesn't want to come out because it feels so beautiful in that water but before you jump into the water you get a little scared say listen I don't know I don't want to go in there it's too cold so when, before you go into the water, it feels like it's something heavy. But when you're in it, you don't want to get out. When we speak about all Malchut Shamaim, we're not describing the essence of being God's servant, that it's heavy. No way. The opposite. It says in the Pasuk in the Nabi, listen to this Pasuk. Most beautiful, beautiful explanation by the Magid Duvna. One of his most famous parables. The Pasuk says, first you have to see what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, 
Hashem has a complaint on the Jewish people. He tells them, I just want to tell you, Am Yisrael, Yaakov is Am Yisrael. He tells them, you're not calling me, you're not connected to me. We're not connected. We have no relationship. Good. Okay, so if, I, if Hashem tells somebody he has no relationship with him, what must that guy be doing? He must be out traveling, just making money, going out to drink, going out to eat. There's no re- if Hashem tells you we have no relationship, what does that mean? It means I don't see you in the Bet Knesset. I don't see you learning. I don't see you doing mitzvot. Yeah, 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 who knows where you are? You're busy doing other things in your life. Lo oti karata Yaakov. We have no relationship. So you're imagining a guy who's busy keeping himself occupied. You know how people do that? Plenty of things in this world to keep you occupied. You go from place to place, from item to item, shopping here. All still. The next trip, the next item, the next vacation, the next, the next toy, the next car, the next, the next party, the next restaurant. People have a way of keeping themselves extremely occupied. So the pasuk says, "Lo oti karata Yaakov, Yaakov, where are you? Are you not, you're not reaching out to me. We don't have a relationship." So this is what you're imagining. Who doesn't have a relationship with Hashem? Person who's involved in everything else. Pasu continues. Ki yagata bi Yisrael. You know why we don't have a relationship? Because you're exhausted. Okay? Exhausted. Like we thought. Exhausted in nonsense. No. Ki yagata. Because you're exhausted. Doing what? Be. You're exhausted in trying to reach me. What a, what a pasuk. Yaakov, I'm Israel. You're not calling out to me. You know why? Because you're exhausted trying to reach me. It doesn't make sense. How could you tell someone you're not calling me? And then he's exhausted trying to reach you. Could you say, you know, you never call me because you call me so many times. Because you're exhausted trying to reach me? How does that make sense? The pasuk makes no sense. You don't call me because you're exhausted trying to call me. Says the Magid Meduvna, one of his most famous, beautiful parables. I'm going to say it in my own language. The Magid Meduvna says that one time there was a man, Friday afternoon, usually gets home a few hours before Shabbat to get ready. That day he got very delayed. There was traffic, whatever it was. He got home 10 minutes before Shabbat. He only has 10 minutes to shower, to change, to get ready. He's running into the house. He sees one of the people that work for him in the house. He says, do me a favor. I got to run upstairs. I only have 10 minutes. He said, could you bring, could you bring the box from the car? Okay. He goes upstairs. He rushes 10 minutes. He comes back down. He's already dressed for Shabbat. He's ready to go to Bet Knesset. As he's walking out the door, 
He sees the guy that's supposed to bring the box in. He's sweating, sweating, and he's huffing and puffing. He asked the guy, where were you? He's, what do you mean? I just finished with the box. He told me to put the box away. It took me some time. I put it finally in the, uh, I put it in the garage. The guy looks at him. He says, that wasn't the box. Not my box. He says to him, how do you know? You've been upstairs for 10 minutes. You didn't see. He says, I know it's not my box. So how do you know? He says, the box I asked you for was a small little box with a nice diamond ring sitting in the front seat. The guy brought a box with the tires and the engine. He brought the box in the back. He says, I see the way you're sweating. I see the way you're puffing and puffing. I know it's not my box. You got the wrong box. My box not heavy. Says the creator of the world. You know when you're not calling me. You know when? You might think you're calling me. You might think you're doing mitzvot. You might think you're doing great things. You might think that. Obviously, if the creator has to tell somebody, you're not calling me, the guy thinks he's calling him. When would you tell somebody, by the way, you're not calling me. If the guy's not calling you, of course he's not calling you. You only tell that to someone who thinks he is calling you. When Hashem says to somebody, you're not calling me, it means I know you think that we're connecting. I know you think that you're trying to become closer to me. But Lord, you're not calling me. Why? How do I know? What's the siman? What's the sign that you're not calling me? Because you're exhausted calling me. You go through a Shabbat and it's tiring for you. You go to learn and you feel a, a heavy box on your head. You go to the Bet Knesset, you feel a burden. If you come to class in the morning, you like, oh, I got to go again. When you feel the burden, when you're calling Hashem, when you're serving Hashem and it feels heavy, then you have the wrong box. You're doing something wrong. Because Hashem's box is not heavy. Shabbat is not heavy at all. Shabbat is gorgeous. Shabbat is beautiful. If your Shabbat is heavy, then you're doing something wrong. Because my box is not heavy. The entire world of Avodat Hashem is not heavy at all. That's why I gave you the mashal of the water. Why did I give you the mashal of the water? There was something deeper about that mashal. Because water is something interesting. Right? By water, if you take a pail of water, it's very heavy. Take two pails, very heavy. Take ten pails of water, you can't carry them. Water is very heavy. So how do you explain? I'm not asking for a scientific explanation. How do you explain that a person dips in the Atlantic Ocean, he's under 10, 20, 30 feet, how much water is on top of him? How much water is on his back? How many millions of gallons? And yet, doesn't feel anything. Feels, feels very light. He's swimming there, no problem. 
What's the answer? That's the scientific answer. The spiritual answer. Hashem made science. So there's a, there's a spiritual message behind that. The answer is, you know what the answer is? The answer is, when you're outside the water, the water feels very heavy. But when you're in the water, you don't feel it at all. And that is the spiritual world. When you're exhausted, you must be outside the water. You're not in it. You're not in it. If your Shabbat is exhausting to you, you're not in Shabbat. You're in something else. You're doing something else. You might think you're doing Shabbat, but you're not doing Shabbat. When you're learning Torah and it feels heavy, you're in the wrong place. You're doing something wrong. Avodat Hashem is not heavy at all. Avodat Hashem is sweet. It's light. It's beautiful. It's enjoyable. Hashem says, you know when you know that you're not calling me? When you're exhausted calling me. If you're exhausted, you're doing something wrong. You're not in the right place. So when we speak about accepting the yoke, the heaviness of Malchut Shamaim, to be in Eved Hashem, and we're accepting the heavy burden of being in Eved Hashem, when is the burden heavy? When is the burden heavy for someone who never kept Shabbat? When is it heavy? When is it heavy? Before he keeps it. Guy never kept Shabbat in his life. You can describe Shabbat to him. It's heavy. That's what it means to accept the heaviness. It's only, the heaviness is only before. Before a guy starts learning, tell him to come learn every day. Oh, it's heavy. I gotta learn. It's heavy. What does that mean? What am I gonna do? But when you're in it, it's not heavy at all. So whenever we speak about all Malchut Shamaim, the heavy burden of being Ha'evet Hashem, it's only when you start. But when you're in it, if it still feels heavy, you're in the wrong spot. You're doing the wrong thing. It should not feel heavy. Now, by the way, it could be challenging. Enjoyable and easy are not always the same. I'm not saying learning Torah is easy. It could be sometimes hard to learn. But it's enjoyable. It's not heavy where it's frustrating or heavy where you don't feel like you're in the right place. Not like that. Right, not like that. It's, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have to do things that take sacrifice. In America, enjoyment and easy come together. They're synonymous. If they're enjoyable, they must be easy. But that's not the reality. The reality is some things could be, could be challenging, could be hard even, and still enjoyable. Good. Now, let's go back to our subject. The angels, they come to declare to Hashem, listen, I'm your Eved. I'm ready to accept Malchut Shamayim. I'm ready to enter. Because remember, the more they become aware of the Creator, the more they dedicate now, they realize they gotta do more. And they gotta do more. So they're constantly accepting upon themselves Malchut Shamayim. Because the more they become aware, the more they dedicate themselves to be Eved. So they go ahead and they commit themselves, like we do on Rosh Hashanah. They commit themselves to be an Eved Hashem. Good so far. Beautiful. But listen to the words. Bekulam, all of them. Mekabelim alehem. They accept upon themselves all Malchut Shamaim to be an Eved Hashem. Zemizeh. They accept to be an Eved Hashem one from the other. 
Wait, wait, hold on. The scene I imagine, if I want to be an Ebed Hashem, the, the scene I imagine is I go in front of Hashem, me and him, whether I'm in my home or in the Beth Knesset or wherever I am, and I say, Borei Olam, I am committing to be your servant. That's the way I thought. But in this story of the angels, that's not what happens. When the angel wants to be an Ebed Hashem, you know what he does? He goes to another angel and he says to him, I want to be your Ebed. I want to be your Ebed. He goes to an angel and he puts the angel above him. And he says to the angel, I want to be your Ebed. I want to be your servant. You hear that? That's right. They have the same goals. One angel goes to the other angel and says, listen, I need to be an Eved Hashem, but I can't. There's no way to be an Eved Hashem. You can't go and say to Hashem, I want to be your Eved. It doesn't work. Even angels, even angels cannot be Avde Hashem directly. They first have to be an Eved to someone who is in their world. Because if you're not an Eved to someone in your world, then you could fool yourself that you're an Eved Hashem, but you're an Eved to nobody. You, you really feel, really, you live like you're the Melech. You might say you're an Eved Hashem, but you're fooling yourself. But how do you become a real Eved? You first have to be an Eved of somebody who is close to you, someone who is with you, someone in your world, because it's very easy to fool yourself that you're an Eved to someone who's in a different world. You could say an Eved Hashem all you want to Hashem and you'll believe it, but you're not. What do the angels do? They first have a Melech on top of them who's an angel, which means, what does that have to do with us? Like it says, what do, what, do, what do we have to do first? It says, You have to have a rabbi in your life. Not the rabbi you invite to your bar mitzvahs. The rabbi you call when you have a wedding. Not that rabbi. You can, you can invite him too. But that's not the rabbi we're talking about. Yeah, in America, rabbis are there for formalities. Right? You call them when you're born. You call them when you get bar mitzvah when you get married, and you book them for the arayat. That's it. You have times in life where you need a rabbi. Hear that? This is the ceremonial rabbi. You only see him in ceremonies. You don't see him anywhere else. And we're not even talking about a rabbi that you're going to ask halachot. Rabbi, what do I do? What time is candlelight? You know how people call the rabbis in America for candlelight? Rabbi, a very important question. What time is candlelight? Check the calendar. What are you asking about candlelight? So in America, also we have rabbis. Maybe you in Israel too, by the way. I don't mean only America. They, they, they answer questions when you have a halacha question. If you don't know what time Shabbat starts, you got you to ask a rabbi. You don't know what to eat. You don't know what to do. Ask a rabbi. We're not talking about that rabbi either. You need that rabbi too? You need a rabbi. No, not a role model. You need a rabbi to be your melech. You need a rabbi that whatever he'll tell you, you will listen. How many people have a rabbi like that? Everyone here is an Ebed Hashem. 
but you're not really an Eved Hashem until you're an Eved to someone in your town, in your city, that sees you every day. Your rabbi has to be somebody. Yes, not that you pay off with your charity. People have rabbis, they pay them off. Yes, you know how they pay them off? They give them money for their cause. And the rabbi says, you're awesome. There's no one like you. You're so special. You tell him, Rabbi, did you give me any things I could do better for myself? You? There's no one like you in the world. You are perfect. They said, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. You, your family, beautiful. Maybe one small thing you should do. They find you one small segula as if you kept all 613 mitzvot. They say, maybe if you, uh, if you go to the mikveh on Erev uh, Rosh Hashanah, uh, you're good. Maybe add that on to your thing. This is called rabbis that you pay off. You understand? A real rab that we're talking about is are you ready to accept, are you ready to accept someone, you could choose that someone, are you ready to accept someone in your circles, not in Israel, not your rabbi in Israel. People love Israeli rabbis. They love them. Huh? They love them. Whenever you go to them, you dress nicely, you get a nice haircut, you put your smile on, you come with your checkbook. Where's that? And you, and you, yeah. And you even walk in with a book. So you meet them at your own time, whenever you like. Take a flight and you sit there. And whenever you're with them, they look at you and they say, wow, what a guy. What a guy. Beautiful guy. Look at the, look at the way he's dressed. Look at the way he talks. The smile, the calmness. He even walked in with a sefer, with a book. Unbelievable. Okay, that rabbi is useless. It's a useless rabbi. Any rabbi who lives not in your four amot is useless. Not useless for himself, God forbid. He's useless for you. You need to have a rabbi who sees you. You have to have somebody in your life that you're willing to humble yourself and accept even if you don't like it. Because if you don't have that somebody, if you're not capable of having someone like that in your life, then when you say, I'm an Eved Hashem, it's the same pattern. The same way you can't accept someone that's in your world, you're not accepting Hashem either. There is a certain ability to be an Eved. An Eved is a certain koach that a person has to be able to follow to do even if he doesn't necessarily like, agree, understand. If you're not capable of having someone in your life that you're willing to crown and to give you what you need to do, even if you don't like it, then there's no way you are really an Eved Hashem. And that's why the angels, before they can go to Hashem, the first thing they do is they go to each other and each one crowns a malach on top of them. That's how you, meaning on Rosh Hashanah when you say, Hashem Melech, I am, give me a great year, I'm going to be your Eved. If you don't have 
a rabbi next to you that's willing to tell you that you're doing something not right or you need to do this. If you're not, in America, rabbis don't tell people what to do. You know that? In America, rabbis don't tell people what to do. Why? Because people are not ready to be in heaven. So if you tell someone who's not your heaven what to do, he gets upset and then he kisses you. So in order to stay within the community, when you see people, you tell them how great they are. You tell the guy, you're awesome, Matthew Mitlach, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. Everyone is the best and that's how you walk alive. But, but in a real world where a person himself says, listen, I want to be, tell me, I want to know. Tell me what's wrong. Tell me when I could fix. Tell me. I want to know. That is a special relationship that needs to be started by not Hashem. By the, who starts this relationship? The Malachim started. A person has to be accepting someone above him in this world. And then, only then, can he say, I'm an Ebed Hashem. Kulam all kulam means even the greatest angels. They all have to put someone on top of them. Listen to this. Venotnim reshut Imagine. Which means they crown, they tell the malach, listen, you're my, uh, you're my rabbi. You're my melech. And now, before you go to Hashem next, you have to ask the Malach on top of you. So do I have permission to go crown God? Do you give me permission to crown Hashem? You hear that? The, the rabbi on top of you has to give you permission to say that you're an Ebed Hashem. Could you give me permission? Am I ready to say Hashem Melech? Am I ready to do that? Only the one on top of you can give you the license to go and tell Hashem, I am your servant. Unbelievable. You need first a crown, and then he gives you permission. When you got a license, then he'll let you go. And then finally, and with this we end, what happens? Then now they got permission. What do they do? Kulam ke'ehad. They come all together. They don't go individual. You come to Hashem as an individual. You're individual, you don't, you're not, you don't count. Kulam ke'ehad. You come together. You come with ahava. You come with people and love of people. You come when you care about others. You come as a united person, not just by yourself. You come as part of something bigger than yourself, like we discussed earlier in the week. Kulan can't go, even with a rabbi on top of your head, even with permission. He gave you permission. You still can't go to Hashem yourself. You need to be part of a tzibur. You need to be connected. You need to have ahava. You have to have ahdut. You have to have unity. You have to come together. They kulam ke'ehad. Together, onim, they start to open their mouth and they say, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. 
That is the way an angel serves God. And that is what we're supposed to be doing on Rosh Hashanah. Just to make Hashem Melech, you're on your own. You didn't get permission. You have no rabbi on top of you. It doesn't mean anything. You have to go through the process like we say every morning. Have a wonderful day. Aslaha Rabbah.